This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich, and today's episode is called How to Create Interactive Experiences that Delight and Sell. As always, I'll kick off today's episode with a quick story before introducing today's guest. A few weeks ago, I called my mobile phone company to deal with a billing issue. They were continuing to bill me for a service I'd canceled, surprise, and I needed the billing to stop, and I wanted a refund. A robot answered on the first ring, and my heart sank. I knew this was going to be a frustrating call. He sounded human and friendly when he said, how may I help you? But he was all robot and he was not my friend. No need to share all the gory details. You've probably been there and done that. I'll simply say I went round and round and round and round and round in circles, not getting my questions answered, repeating my voice instructions when the robot didn't understand what I said, pushing different numbers on my telephone keypad, hoping I'd be directed to someone who could help me, and pressing zero in the vain hope that I might make my way to an actual flesh and bones human. After 20 minutes of this madness, I hung up. Two days later, I met today's guest, RJ Redden, and when I learned that she helps her clients set up automated chatbots on their websites, all I could think was, I hate robots. But RJ sent me straight. She described how she helps her clients create interactive experiences. Sure, bots are part of it, but the interaction depends on humans who understand what their prospects and clients really need and how to aim how to aid them. When automated attendance, chatbots, and other robotic systems fail us, that's because the humans who unleash them set them up wrong. RJ helps you set things up right. She's the founder and human in charge at Black Belt Bots. Coaches hire RJ to skyrocket their engagement because their events, communities, and courses are either dead or full of zombies. RJ creates epic engagement experiences that motivate people to click that button, connect with you, and enroll like crazy, which is sounding a whole lot better than being driven crazy, which is what that telephone company robot was doing to me. So RJ Redden, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to come and uh, hang out with your audience for a bit. I'm so excited about this. I I have hung out with you on a number of occasions since we first met. Every time I do it, it's a hoot. Every time we do it, I learn something. So 
This is going to be a fun episode. I'm super happy that you're here. And the first question, I have to get this out of the way because people are watching people who are watching this on video as opposed to just listening, might notice that you have big round goggles up over your forehead. You have a cape around your neck. If you're listening, I hope you can close your eyes and imagine, picture it. There is an awesome story behind the goggles and the cape. Let's start this episode with that story. Let's do it. This was me three years ago. Mm -hmm. I was going to an event held uh, by somebody that I knew I was reluctant to go to the event because I, at the time, was a shy, demure flower. I know that this is hard for you to imagine, but I definitely was a person who, if you saw me in a networking in my hometown, back to the wall, beverage in hand, probably sitting next or sitting next or standing next to a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Just talking to people was a little scary, uh, and especially about a technology that nearly no one really understands except the people who actually do the thing, do the thing. So... I was going to this event. This person on a live stream said it was going to be a superhero event. And so, you know, I've got to tease uh, my friends. And so I said, well, if it's a superhero event, I'm coming in a cape. And she said, you bleep well better, RJ Redden. Yep. And so I am a human of my word. I went ahead uh, and uh, purchased a cape and uh, it was a mask at the time, not these fancy goggles, but it was a mask at the time. It was uh, way too small for my head and uh, very <laughs> itchy, but I put them on. You know what I mean? Because if you're going to dare me to do something, I'm going to do it. Showed up to this event. No one else is dressed up. Okay. A I superhero feel. event and no one is dressed as a superhero. What the heck? Yeah. There were decorations all over the place. Nice, but I really did feel like the kids, uh, the kids in Stranger Things when they showed up in the Ghostbusters uniform on Halloween and no one right. else was dressed up. This is how I feel at this moment. My heart yeah. is beating. I'm thinking I'm not going to get anything out of this. Was I nuts? I'd rather be home in the bot cave doing <laughs> my stuff. This is ridiculous. What started happening, though, was something that I could not have predicted for you. And that is that I did not have to start any conversations with anyone all uh, weekend long because they came to me. Mm -hmm. And it was people that were already highly interested in what I was doing there, why I had a cape, who I was. It was beautiful. It was like a filtration device. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are people who uh, think the cape is a gimmick. They get away at the first, you know, uh, the first blush. That's fine with me. I'd rather filter in those people who are going to want to talk about getting on the wild side of technology and know that they're not going to have a normal conversation. Yeah, there it is. And so you've, you've already segued into how has this become a metaphor and how was the experience a lesson that has instructed the work that you do now? The lesson that is instructive and what I really tell my audience all the time is that 
in order for your marketing to connect, you've got to know what your folks are going through. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the you were talking about the the phone automation bots that um, you have to kind of scream into with perfect diction to get them to get to the right thing. You're talking about that earlier. Yeah. I've had that experience more than once. In fact, my wife always knows when I'm on one of those phone calls because I'm screaming just one word into the phone. <laughs> um, those automation processes were set up by people who were putting more on the automation part and less on the, what do my people need? That's right. What experience are they having? So for me, for me, one of the beautiful things about being able to set up the, this conversational marketing stuff online is that in that conversation, I get to be me mm-hmm. showing up in goggles and a cape. Every day you get me in my bot, you get me in goggles and a cape and you also get my little, uh, it's my avatar spinning dragon. Who's also wearing the cape. Um, this is, this is me. If you, what you see is what you get. If you are attracted to this sense of humor, if you are attracted to this message, if you're attracted and you trust me to do what I say, I'm going to do, let's Mm -hmm. hang out. Yeah. That's what it's really all about for me. And what you're talking about is the experience of interacting with RJ Redden when they come to your site or interacting with client X when they go to client X's site. So tell me more about interactive experiences and how you create them and where the bots come into that process. You bet. Uh, Well, first I would love to talk about a lot of traditional experiences are really based on the fact that at one point in our lives, I'm dating myself, Tom, I know you don't remember these days, but at one point in our lives, we couldn't make a video and have other people see that. Uh, You know, I mean, like if you wanted to see television was there and you had three channels, unless you had a satellite Um, and, you know, I mean, people, people that could produce something, that other people would see either were rich and powerful or knew somebody that was rich and powerful. Basically you couldn't do that. You couldn't poetry, music, video, whatever it was, you could not produce it and put it anywhere. There was nowhere to do this. So when the advent of broadcasting media began to be, now I can produce these things in my home studio Mm -hmm. and everybody will see it. We all became broadcasters. Mm-hmm. We all did instead of these, you know, these, these NBC and ABC and whatever dictating what we're going to see. Now we get to choose we, and we get to choose some of those real niche, uh, you know, uh, real, real niche, like handwriting experts uh, analyzing, uh, you know, a letter from Abraham Lincoln. We can see that right now. Right. Um, and so what it did for us, what it did to us was make us a community of broadcasters. Unfortunately, we're not very good listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of traditional marketing ways, it's really about what you broadcast. It's really about what your message is, what your message is. There's no two-way interaction because that just really doesn't fit in a broadcast module too much. Mm-hmm. You broadcast as loud as you can. You get your message polished. Broadcast, broadcast, broadcast. Some people will find you and filter back to you. 
Um, and that's kind of the, and then you get a bigger bullhorn, you know what I'm saying? But that's, that's the way, that's the way that we've always been taught. When I ran into conversational marketing, yeah, i.e. chatbots, all of a sudden I could have a two-way conversation with my people, 24-7-365. I could have a real conversation. I could ask questions. I could give the people, just like we're doing now in this conversation, I could give people options of whatever road they want to go down, whatever question you want to ask me next. Mm-hmm. There's some fail safes in there. If you ask me something that that I don't have an answer for, then it will get a hold of the real me and then I'll come back to you. But all of a sudden it was like, all of these people have been left out of the marketing process. Mm-hmm. It's all about the person marketing it's not about the person being marketed to now, now I can involve the people that I'm marketing to. Yep. I can ask them questions, get great answers, let those answers inform the next thing I give you a gift or an offer or whatever it is. I can involve you. I can give you the respect that you want and deserve, and I can make you feel seen, heard, and cared about. Yeah. That is so, so powerful. And you you started this conversation by noting that the automated attendants that drive people like me crazy are operating from the starting point of tell, tell, tell what they want to say, where they want to steer you. And it's not at all about what are your needs. So what you're describing is beginning from a place of listening, respect, understanding, caring, empathy for the needs of the prospect, the visitor, the client, whoever it may be who who is interacting. And that's what a real uh, human conversation is. And, And so what we're talking about here is not the real RJ, the flesh and bones RJ, being on the other side of the chat bot 24-7, you'd be tired if yeah. you did that. You'd you'd have bags under your eyes and 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 you know it, it it wouldn't be a good thing, RJ. You have to get some sleep, you have to go spend some time with your wife, you have to go out to, you know, Applebee's or wherever you like to go get a meal in the neighborhood or whatever it may be. That was, uh, by the way, Applebee's is not a sponsor of the show. That was, <laughs> you have to have a life. So, uh, and, and so what you're talking about is marketing automation is a yes. robot, but underneath that robot, the programming, the, the, the work that you've put in behind it is rooted in understanding the client and, and give us, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit and, Tell us how you do that without giving away your trade secrets, because we know we've been on the receiving end of it. Lots of businesses don't do it right. You do it right. How do you do it right? Well, first of all, I put my my clients through a little bit of just some exercises. Um, When I'm gathering information way before I start programming anything. I, I get them into the shoes of who their people are. Mm -hmm. 
we talk about micro niches a lot. I call them ninja niches just because I love ninjas anyway. <laughs> but we talk about how are you going to find those people? You know, it's not about that. Broadcasting is about casting a net. It's okay. about how many downloads you can get. It's about how many clicks or how many likes or, you know, that the old model is mm -hmm. all about casting a net. What if, what if right. we had a laser instead? Mm -hmm. Most people don't feel anything when the laser passes across them, but for our ideal clients, there's just this resonant, uh, you know, entity of I've got to go talk to her. Yeah. She's the person that can solve my problem. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Someone understands what I have been talking about and thinking about in the middle of the night. I need to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. That person doesn't need seven to 12 times uh, of you being in their inbox. Do you know what I'm saying? It breaks all of the rules. And so how to, how to write a bot correctly, how to do it well, is first of all, we must know who our people are. And I really don't care what age they are, um, gender groupings. Uh, I don't care about, I don't care about any of that. Here's what I care about. How do they feel? Mm -hmm. What do they do when they struggle? Mm -hmm. Where do they look for answers? Who has failed them in the past? Mm -hmm. How can I come in and serve in a way that's going to be ex extremely effective? Mm -hmm. I want to know the psychographics. Demographics? Demographics are fine. They're a signpost. But the amusement park... And where you're going to find your people is the psychographics. Yep. Yep. Completely agree with that. Now, I'm going to push back a little bit, RJ, because you Tell me. you slightly dissed the email marketing game when you said they don't need seven emails in their inbox or whatever you said. You said <laughs> they don't need all those in, in emails in the inbox. And I know what you meant by that, which was that the you were talking about the broadcast model. I'm going to yep. tell, tell, tell. I'm going to capture your email. You're, you're going to come to the bot. The bot's going to say, sorry, can't help you today, but download my thing. And then when they download the thing, you've got their email and then boom, 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 pounded with tell, 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 tell marketing. You're right about that. They don't need that. But the reason we've hit it off so well, aside from the fact that you are just funny and smart and wear great goggles and have an awesome cape. The reason that we've hit it off so well is that we look at marketing the same way and it is all rooted in these things we've been talking about. Empathy, getting to know the customer, understanding their needs, beginning with how they're feeling. That is the foundation for story power marketing. That is the foundation for creating great emails that have the same effect as you're describing when you create a great bot, the person says, I'm in the right place. This person knows me. I want to meet that person. And so what's beautiful about this is actually when done in tandem, when you're using chats to have that initial conversation, get to know them, understand the psychographics, segment them appropriately. Now you all of a sudden have the raw material that you need, the the story discovery building blocks in my lingo to connect with them in, in emails that 
have the same effect. Oh, wow. He really knows me. She really knows me. She gets me. I do want to schedule that appointment with them. So these are all different media channels and different ways of making that connection, having that conversation. You know, and you talk about this as being an interactive experience. I have always believed and preached the idea that email, when done right, is not broadcasting, telling, pushing. It's beginning, it's one side of an ongoing conversation. And so we see this, this, I had to go in there and defend a little bit content creation because that's kind of what I do. And I, I think, I think what you do and what I do works well in tandem and isn't at odds. And I know that you didn't mean it that way, but had to jump on that. Well, it's a, email is a, is a vehicle. Um, you know, uh, I have ridden in the past Ragbri. It's a ride, a bike ride across Iowa. Uh, right. And um, I've seen people on Ragbri that really know how to ride those bikes. Yeah. You know, they know how to get up a hill that is like absolutely make you curse your grandmother. I swear to you, <laughs> they know how to get up those hills by switching their gears appropriately, going fast at the right time, doing the right thing. They can get that up that thing without having to breathe hard. Mm -hmm. I love those people. That ain't me. I don't <laughs> ride that vehicle very well. I don't, right. I don't, you know what I mean? Because I, <laughs> I, I, I don't get out of my house a lot. Anyway, <laughs> the people that can ride that, drive that vehicle appropriately, get to the right place. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, I mean, it's like riding a bike. Shouldn't you know how to do that? Listen, no, it takes practice. It takes work to yeah. create that bit of content. And, and as far as, as far as the email goes, I've now, I've now just cleared my people. I cleared it. I get you. I get Michael Roderick. Uh, I get, you know what I mean? I get about five or six people that I see your name and I go, Ooh, where you know it's like Christmas, it's like a little gift in my inbox, right? Everybody else, I tune out. I tune it out if it's not personal, if it doesn't connect, if it's just right. another sales push toward whatever you're doing today. Good luck. I hope you have a wonderful time, but I'm not going to spend my time reading through. It's like it's like when you go to a movie, and in the first five minutes, you know who did it and who's going to get the girl at the end. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I don't go to those movies. Um, yeah. I, I will not be entertained by that. But yeah. if I see a director, Tom Ruich, uh, you know what I mean? If I see a yeah. writer um, that I know that I'm going to connect with, absolutely. And secondarily, it takes a village. Yeah. Secondarily, yeah, I can talk to you on one channel only all the time, but it would be better if I did conscious content creation. Mm-hmm. It would be better if I wrote an email that means something. Yep. And and was, you know, hanging out in the inbox too because people forget things and and you know, I mean it's just if you use the tool appropriately, if you use that vehicle appropriately, there's no limit to where that you can go. There's no yeah. limit. And it's the same story with the chat with the yeah. chat bot. Yeah. You know, we're 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 looking at this in the same way, conversing with clients and prospects 
whom we wish to know, and we will do all that we have to, to know them. Because that's how we make the human connections that lead to mutually beneficial client vendor relationships. It's, it's, uh, it's how we operate. And uh, if you're listening to this and it makes sense, having, well, I'm, I'm, I was about to, I was about to make a point. I'll pose it as a question. Why is it so important to have a good interactive experience bot on a website? Why? Because websites, it, gosh, I was writing them when they were brand new. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh, it was so fantastic. Oh, when they started out, I had an account. I mean, uh, WordPress, uh, gosh, you could do anything with these beautiful tools. Yeah. The way that people read those websites has changed. Mm-hmm. That and most of the information on a website people aren't necessarily willing to look through, sift through and try to find the thing anymore mm-hmm. because they've been burned by so many bad websites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when they get on a website, if they can't find that information, either through a bot or through the site itself, if they can't find it just by skimming, you're going to lose a lot of people. So for me, I like to really provide that interactive experience up front. I do not care which pages you land on. I do not care, uh, you know, it, all the stuff that we used to care about so much. For me, what I want is I want to invite, I want to invite them to a two-way conversation mm-hmm. because then, hey, what are you looking for? Right. Maybe I can't even serve them, but. I probably have a friend who will, and then that's a win-win-win. Right, right. But I'm never going to find that by just having a a 2D experience. I mm. want the 3D. I want to draw you in. So share with us a little bit, maybe using an example from your own site or from a client site. What is it? What does it look like? Describe it for us. Somebody comes and visits the site and where could this conversation lead? What have you set up behind the scenes to create that comfortable interactive experience? That's the antithesis of what most of us experience with these garbage robot automated attendants and web bots. So my biggest example is uh client uh i have pedro adeo he's got a he's got a a support uh center now most support centers are this look at our knowledge base article (sighs) please don't make me you know when i ask you a question tom i expect you to answer with an answer or i don't know and either one of them is okay but if i asked you a question and you said please sift through these seven articles and maybe you'll find an answer. 
um, I would say, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And um, (laughs) that's what most help desks are. Um, So what I do is I program a bot. It is on, it's a, it's a, it's a bot on a landing page. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to distract you. There's nothing to ring a bell and make you go look over here and all of that kind of stuff. You get, you get asked, hey, what are you looking for? What can we help you with? Some people kind of choose a drill down experience where they go, you know, they click buttons and, and kind of get to where they go want to go. Some people just want to ask straight up mm-hmm. in their own language. And we're set up for both. Yeah. So most people just, they just go the route of asking, hey, where's the replay from yesterday? Mm-hmm. What I have in the background is artificial intelligence plus mm-hmm. some stuff that people generally have set up on on their uh let's see CRM. Mm-hmm. So most people will tag, you know, if they've got a client, they'll tag them with everything that they've ever bought. So I know immediately who you are, how many times you've visited, what kinds of questions you ask, what you've bought. I know I have a lot of history on people when they mm-hmm. pop up. And then I've got artificial intelligence, which will also hone down to the intent of the question. Yep. Yep. The way that I usually explain it is this. There are 50 ways to ask people how long they're open today. Mm -hmm. How long are you open? When do you close? What are your open hours? Mm -hmm. Do you, are you open on Sundays? Do you close during lunch? All of those questions can be answered with one answer, nine to five, Monday through Friday, accepting federal holidays. Yeah. Right? Right. And so when people come at a question with all the different ways that they can ask it, my artificial intelligence will say, this is this, this is the intent of the question. This is an answer that matches. Yep. And, and so you talked about also drawing in, the data, purchase data, so forth. Um, give us an example of how a response branch may change depending on those sorts of details. Yeah. So we'll give you the we'll give you a replay example again. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes in asking for a replay, and the system on the back end says, "Okay, they'd be they would be eligible for these two replays." Mm-hmm. Um, then, so then the bot will say, "Oh, okay, uh, which one of these do you want?" And we've got two buttons there: replay one and replay two. And, and they're so eligible can, because they're customer category X, or they purchased product yep. Y. Got exactly. It. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Here it is. Service these days is uh, an an outlier. Really good service, and because it's an outlier, when you're the person providing it, you look like a rock star. Yep. Yep. And and service is the the operative word. This is all being done for serving for enhancing the experience of the visitor. And and I think we talked um, a few weeks back about this question of people's discomfort, this idea of people's discomfort with the data that 
others are collecting right and what they're doing with it and the scenario that you describe is i'm collecting data about you what you bought you might you mentioned earlier that you don't care about the demographic data but i assume in certain cases it might instruct responses i don't know but but the the idea being that that things you know about the visitor are going to be sorted and sifted and interpreted so that you can provide the right answer so that you can deliver a better experience. And I shared with you a story of how we were talking about the beginning of the internet back in the early days of the dot-com boom back in the late nineties, mid to late nineties, there were a bunch of online pharmacy sites that came around drugstore.com and online pharmacy.com and blah, 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 before Walgreens, CVS and so forth had gotten their game on online. Now, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS, so forth, that's where you go. But these sites had come up, they were funded. And I heard a guy tell a story at a conference, he was a speaker at a conference, making a point about data collection. He said, I registered for one of these drugstore sites. And when I registered, I had to fill out a form that included a ton of personal detail about me and including drug allergies and so forth. And as I filled it out, I thought to myself, okay, well, the bargain here, the, the, the sort of implied agreement is if I tell you this stuff, you're going to use it for my benefit, which is sort of the whole idea that we're talking about here. And what happened is the first time he logged in after submitting the form that said, I'm allergic to aspirin, he saw an ad on the front page of the site that said, Anison on sale. <laughs> and he thought, huh, well, maybe if I add it to the shopping cart, they'll say, don't buy that. That has aspirin. He added it to the shopping cart. No warning. No nothing. He eventually bought himself a little $5 bottle of aspirin just to prove that the system was failing him. And then he decided, I'm never going to shop here again. Exactly. And Exactly. And that's a, you know, that's a, a sort of a edge case story, but we live that every day, whether we're even conscious of it or not. We live this sort of uh, uh, judging, is this website, is this business, is this person taking advantage of me or using what they know about me to serve me? And you're operating from the perspective of, hey, we're here to serve you and we'll use the information to get you on the right path. I never have that feeling when I call AT&T. So, no, in fact, the feeling when I call AT&T or any of those is uh, I am a number. Yeah. I am a number. Um, I'm probably not going to be listened to, but I'm going to try this anyway. Uh, it is the opposite of how we want our clients to feel. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and about that, I just, I need to, I need to say, but the, about that information and information collection. Yeah. People are uh, a little askance about that and they should be. We've just never been in a situation where that information was used for our good. Yeah. It's always used. It's collected. Oh, you know, it's being collected it's always being used for the 
you know, whoever's collecting it, it's used for their good, but it's never used for our good. And so, you know, and especially coaches, we collect information on people like, Hey, what are your goals? Um, you know, I want to come back and remind you if you haven't hit that. And I want to ask you, you know, is everything okay? I want to do, there's so much that a bot will allow me to do and be connected to that and measure, measure that. Um, but it, it does take the intake of information. Most people, when they see that it is a two-way street, Mm-hmm. That it is being used to to help you uh, to help you get further in that whatever program that is. Most people are fine with it. But not only are most people fine with it, they're uh, to the title uh, to the title of this episode. They're delighted, and and you know you said it just a, a couple of minutes ago that that when you do this right, you stand out because you're surprising people in that positive way. I, they, they're, they're bracing for the worst when, when they visit a website, when they get to the automated attendant, when they interact with the chatbot, they, I think, I know my experience when I begin to interact with the chatbot, what's going through my head is I doubt this is going to work, but I'll try it anyway. Yeah. If in five minutes I've gone down one of those ridiculous rabbit holes to nowhere, I'll quit, but it's worth five minutes of misery to hopefully get my answer, you know, and, and what a delight, what a joy. If you begin to interact with one of these, these bots and you realize, Whoa, I'm having a a same conversation. They're answering me. They're delivering me the right information. They're asking qualifying questions there, you know, it, and that's what you're building. That is what you mean by that interactive wow experience. So very, very cool. Where can people go to learn more about what you do and how to connect further? Well, I like to, I like to send everybody who's interested to an example of a bot that is running and it is a, it's a quiz bot um, that will that will help you find out what your marketing personality is, and that will send you a customized profile of activities that you should lean into according to your personality. Nice. Um, there are so many tools out there, my friend, and not every one is right for every. Not every tool is right for every person. There are mm. just too many. When entrepreneurs, when when coaches are trying to run everything, uh, you know, be, maybe they're in that stage before they have assistance. Uh, it's really it's rough to run your marketing if you're dreading it. And so uh, this is to help people focus on the the activities that are on, not only going to bring them more. Uh, more cash, more appointments, but also stuff that they'll not uh, not dread doing. Right. Um, so in order to get there, yourcorecode.com yep. is where folks go to uh, to take the quiz, get the information. You'll get to see a running bot. You'll get to experience what we're talking about here, but also uh, get a little, a little leg up on uh, the choice of some marketing tools. Beautiful. Your corecode.com. Yep. That's where you can experience the the beautiful 
in interactivity that is RJ Redden. And um, you also can find RJ on uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I am on, I'm, um, I'm all over LinkedIn. So uh, yep. link with me. It'll be a great time. Yeah. Any parting thoughts? Parting thoughts. You know, we really began with that, that story about the goggles and the cape and how I accidentally found, uh, you know, my attitude, my avatar, my, my everything. Marketing to me is about Showing the world who that is, who that could be, Mm -hmm. and getting people to resonate with that message. However, you decide to deliver that message, which is, you know, should be wherever your people are, right? Mm -hmm. But however, whatever vehicle you use, be yourself. Yeah. Do not, do not look at all of these folks who have made millions of dollars doing this one met. There is not a silver bullet out there. There is not a uh, a number one guaranteed, oh my gosh, everybody's now going to be chasing after you in the street. There is no silver bullet in marketing. Mm-hmm. If you give great service, if you know who your people are, and if you say the things that resonate with them, there's no stopping you. Beautiful. Beautiful. RJ Redden, I knew this would be a blast. You always bring it when uh, every time I ever cross paths with you and uh, we're going to do this again someday. Oh, I'm so glad uh, our paths will continue to cross. Go find RJ at yourcorecode.com or RJ Redden on LinkedIn and all over the internet. And I'm telling you, um, give this a shot. She knows how to do it. And she is going to create that interactive experience on your website that that's going to make you stand out in the marketplace. So check check her out, connect with her, and then make great things happen for you and your clients. RJ, thanks so much for spending time with us today. We'll see you down the road. Thanks, Tom. listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.